Welcome to worship at Dayspring Baptist Church. This is Sunday, March 22nd, 2020, the fourth Sunday in Lent and the first Sunday in our quarantine. We are glad to share this time with you. We are here from Dayspring Sanctuary, which is a quiet place this week. There are a handful of us gathered here together to join with you in prayer and worship and invite you to join with us. We invite you to close your eyes, to follow along in the printed worship guide if you would like to, or just listen and pray with us. I'm here with Kathy Johnson, who will be playing, with Brett and Christina Gibson, who will be singing, with Tiffany Harris and Solange Balakunde, who will be leading us in prayer, and with Josh Ward, who is recording this for us and making all of this possible. I'm grateful to each of these. I'm grateful to all of those who've made this moment possible. And I want to make a special note of thanking Rebecca Edwards for all the work that she has done to communicate uh, with the church and to send out emails and to post these various uh, services and prayers that we have uh, been leading all this week and we will into the coming days. You'll find also, along with this worship uh, service, you will find another file, an audio file, which is a Life of the Church uh, extended version. So if you'd like to hear more about what's happening in the life of Dayspring this week and in the days to come, we invite you to also listen to that file as well, either before or after worship. And so now, brothers and sisters, wherever you are, the Lord is with you. We mean that now and we say that now in ways that we must hold on to. The Lord is with you. And so our prayers are for you this day as we worship. Bless the Lord who forgives all our sins. God's mercy endures forever. Almighty and most merciful God, kindle within us the fire of love that by its cleansing flame we may be healed and made worthy to worship you in spirit and in truth through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
hear the gospel reading for today. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's work might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which, meant, which means sent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The word of the Lord for God's people. of petition and confession. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse us, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. We have put our hope in the Father's love and mercy. Knowing that we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with us in our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, we approach his throne of grace with confidence that we will receive his mercy and find grace to help us in our times of need. We have put our hope in the Son, our mediator with God. As we wait for our redemption, we know that we have a helper who helps us in our weaknesses and who intercedes for us. For we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through words, groans, and intercedes in accordance with the will of God. We have put our hope in the Holy Spirit, our helper and counselor. As we journey through this season of mourning and repenting, we know that we are loved, received, and we are not alone. Amen.
Let us pray together. Almighty and holy God, we praise you for you are good. Your love is perfect and your mercy is new every morning. We confess that your ways are not our ways. And as we face these uncertain and crazy times, O oh Lord, help us to turn to you. Remind us that you who created us also sustains us. O oh Lord, we pray for those who are ill, and we pray for all of the medical professionals, the doctors and the nurses, and um, for who, are, who are caring for those who are serving. We pray for scientists and for our leaders of our nation, that you would guide them in wisdom, give them discernment. We pray that you would bring healing and protection to those who um, are ill. Oh God, you are our help and our strength. Enable your church, your people, to bear witness to the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Strengthen your church in this place, in Waco, and in churches all around the country and all over the world to be a light and a beacon of peace for the sake of your glory. Enable us to turn to you and open our eyes so that we will see the opportunities all around us to grow in our dependence upon you. O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Lord, you are my shepherd. I trust in you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, you are my shepherd. I trust in you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
So begins the prayer that speaks for so many people across generations, putting into words what we discover again when we have nowhere else to turn, to God's care and healing. We rest in God. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. The shepherd's rod and staff symbolize God's presence and that God will protect and guide his sheep through dangers so big the sheep can't begin to comprehend them and those hidden that they can't even see. Psalm 23, a prayer for this day with all we've gone through in the last week and unsure of what may come in the week ahead. On this day of rest, we need to hear that word again. On this Sabbath day, the Lord is our shepherd. Wendell Berry, the Kentucky Baptist poet farmer, needed such a word when he wrote his poem, The Peace of Wild Things. In the poem, the speaker expresses the sleepless anxiety and frantic worry that he shares with many of us now 50 years later. He describes it in phrases I've heard all week. Despair for the world grows in me. I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my, my children's lives may be. These are just some of the feelings we have, those of us who've had time to even attend to our feelings. It's an utterly strange moment, this one, a cauldron of anxiety and normalcy, a work week where everything is the same, and yet it's all different. Turn on the lights, but no one can come in the store. Do your work, but do it completely different than you've ever done it before. Teach the class, but do it to a computer screen. Love your neighbor, but don't go for a visit. Receive all as Jesus, as the Benedictines say, but don't crack the door too wide. Greet them from a distance. Eat sacramentally, but eat alone. This is a world none of us have ever known before. I was a young pastor on Tuesday, September 11, 2001. But even though I'd only been pastoring a few years by then, I knew what to do then. We knew how to be church. Our ecclesiological instincts just took over. Get on the phones. Call a prayer meeting for tonight. Tonight we pray, we mourn, we read lamentations, we hug one another. Football was postponed for a while, but we had church. And on Sunday we had a packed church. We talked about the call of Jesus to love our enemies and confess to one another how hard that was at that moment. And we had a baptism. I baptized a man and a girl that Sunday into the church, into faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord. We were all baptized by the tears falling off our faces. We didn't know then that we should call it sacramental, but the room hummed with the Spirit. I didn't see tongues of fire, but supernatural electricity charged the air, and we were part of it. You hear the seriousness of our faith in new ways in the days after 9-11 when you hear the words, when you are baptized into Christ Jesus, you are baptized into his death and raised to walk in newness of life. 
They said the world changed that week. We walked out blinking into the September sun that Sunday afternoon, spiritually ready for whatever it meant for us to walk in the newness of Christ's life in us. But this situation now poses utterly new challenges. All our ecclesial, theological, spiritual, communal instincts in crisis to be together, to break the bread, to greet a friend, to pray together, all have to be checked. Instead, we have to be still. The church is empty. It's quiet. Goodness knows that doesn't mean there's not work to be done. Some of you have worked harder in this last week than you've had to in a long time. Doing things you don't really want to do in ways you don't really want to do it. We see you. You're not working for a paycheck or for a grade. You're working for a cause, for your clients, your customers, your students, your neighbors. You're working for your calling. Keep it up. And discover again the joy of creative, adaptive work and remembering again what is most important to do. And then go home and rest. You're going to be great. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Some of you would love to have the work you had just two weeks ago, but now doors are locked, clients are gone, customers are at home, and students are barred. You still have a calling. You had work. And now what? We see you. You're worried, and understandably so. We're in a medical crisis, we're just beginning to fear, and an economic crisis we haven't begun to comprehend. But keep your hope up. You are not alone. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Some of you are home alone. And during the week, we can make it. But Sunday morning, as Johnny Cash sang, can be a particularly lonely time. We see you. You are not alone. You are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses and the love of your community. God is with you. I hope you feel his presence. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Some of you are at home now with two-year-olds and four-year-olds whose boundless energy is really great in short doses. I got nothing for you. Lots of luck. But be gracious with yourself. You're a good parent. You're not alone. A sense of humor and patience and creativity go a long, long way. Be present to your children. They may look back on this as one of the best seasons in their lives. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. We learn when we're distanced from so much that fills our lives that we're not in as much control as we thought we were. Have you noticed in Psalm 23 that God is the actor in almost every single line? The only actions that we have are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, 
not fearing, and dwelling in the house of the Lord. The only verbs that belong to us are walking where we don't want to walk, keeping fear at bay from controlling us, and holding on to hope that we will dwell in God's house. All the other verbs are God's. God is the actor. We are the acted upon. You, Lord, make me lie down in green pastures. You, lead me beside still waters. You, restore my soul. You, lead me in right paths. You are with us. You comfort us. You prepare a table for us. You anoint us. Your goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our lives. I think this is the sacramental magic of this psalm. After everything, in everything, through everything, we just lean into God's strength. God's strength is perfect when our strength is gone. We just rest in him. We just trust him and be still, and that is Sabbath. It was a Sabbath day when Jesus met the blind man in John chapter 9. The blind man embodies crisis. Medical crisis, he was blind. Social crisis, everyone else only saw him as a burden. Economic crisis, he can only beg for alms to make it through the day. In the face of the crises embodied by his life, everyone else only saw the trouble and the limits and the problems. They only looked for who to blame and why there couldn't be a solution. Jesus, as he always did, saw through it all. He said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And Jesus touched him. He touched his eyes. And the man could see for the first time. There are many icons of this biblical scene. In every one of them, Jesus touches the man. Some icons and art depict Jesus reaching out to touch him at arm's length. But I like ones like the one that we've shared this morning, the Coptic Christian version. In this one, Jesus is up close and personal. There's no daylight between him and the blind man. There's no social distancing, no medical distancing, no economic distancing. Jesus is right there with him in the crisis. When everyone else is gone, Jesus is there, close. At a moment when we're so out of control but have so much to do, at a moment when we feel so responsible, but also so vulnerable. At a moment when we feel so small, but that our careless actions can have such consequences. At a moment when we're blind to the future, but need to see our neighbors clearly. This image of Jesus is so hopeful. He is still this close to you and me and our crises, and our need. 
we need his healing touch on our eyes, on our hearts, on our hands, on our communities. Jesus saw him, and Jesus sees you. He sees right where you are right now. He sees you, and he's coming. He's coming to you, and nothing will keep him from finding you. Not distance, not your doubts or your worries, not your stress or your burdens, nor your frustrations. He sees you, and he is with you. Wendell Berry's poem, The Peace of Wild Things, like Psalm 23, turns from despair to trust, finding peace through the grace of green pastures and the stillness of waters wherever they may be found. Here's his poem. When despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the night at the least sound and fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water and I feel above me the day blind stars waiting with their light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. This indeed is a world like none of us have ever known and we may be in this for a while. Let us learn to be still, to still our bodies, to quiet our minds, to soften our hearts. And we may just find our eyes opened in this darkness to the God who is always closer than we realize and find his comfort in rod and staff and grace. And so we pray, all that I am, Lord, I place into your hands. All that I do, Lord, I place into your hands. Everything I work for, I place into your hands. Everything I hope for, I place into your hands. Each that I pray for, I place into your hands. Each that I care for, I place into your hands. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May the Lord take your mind and think through it. May the Lord take your lips and speak through them. May the Lord take your heart and set it on fire. For the world is too big for anything but truth and too small for anything but love. May the peace of Christ be with you this day and in the days to come. Amen.